0: We're now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuySports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that was long? was
1: getting there, Al, What the fuck Beatle. kind of host
0: are you? I mean, you're probably in the Holy lead. shit, dude. Someone can is... her, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Matty D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have. The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome back in. It is the Legends Lingo podcast. Boys, back at it again. It's me, Alan LaHegan. It's Tom Powder Cadmus, as always. This is presented by couchguysports.com. Make here to check out everything on couchguysports.com, the blogs, the podcast, the Twitch channel, the YouTube channel, the store, everything else in between. We do have a guest with us tonight, and we're going to bring him on in one second. Programming note, low programming notice going forward. No more Maddie DeRoja on Legends Lingo. It was a mutual thing. We decided, you know what? You focus on fantasy content. We'll take care of the podcast. You're one welcome to come back in the future. So thank you, Maddie D. We appreciate your time, but obviously we will move forward. So thanks a lot, pal. We'll miss you. We do have a Matt on with us tonight. It is not Matt Burnett. It is actually 98.5 The Sports Hub's own Matt McCarthy. You might have heard him on Hardcore Baseball and filling in here and there, you know, just doing everything at 98.5 The Sports Hub. Matt, thanks for joining us. How are you tonight?
2: I'm glad we're hitting the Matt quota. Sorry, there's been a downgrade, but hey, we do what we can. Uh, Good to be on with you guys.
0: (laughs) No, it's great to have you on. We appreciate it. So let's just get this out of the way powder. I, I think we got to give Matt the, uh, the shocked sort of treatment. Should we do that?
1: Sure. Yep. All
0: right. So Matt, I got to ask you a question that we asked this to all of our guests. It's mm-hmm. I'm putting you on the spot here right away. Do it. Have you ever felt that you are just hard? It's hard to focus. You don't have any energy and you just need a little boost to get you through the day.
2: Yeah. Literally every day in my life. Yes.
0: What if I told you that I could give you a product that could help you with that? I need that. Give it to me. You need it? Well, yes. we'll give you some Shocked Energy. We understand those feelings that Matt McCarthy's talking about. We understand them so well. The Legends Lingo podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy and Shocked Hydrate. Shocked Energy is a game, not a game, it's a drink made for gamers by gamers and for all those gamers in the world and for podcasters. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to ShockedNRG.com and use the promo code CGSN, all capitalized, for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor and their watermelon flavors. Matt, you a green apple guy or watermelon guy?
2: Uh, Give me watermelon uh, any day of the week. Give me the sweetest possible things over the weekend. I tried, gentlemen, a dirty banana. Delightful. Mudslide (laughs) banana flavored. Oh, it was great. No, yes, no. Give me the watermelon. Uh green apple, no disrespect. Uh, but no, I fully admit any fruity type of drink, I'm all about.
0: Listen, you're not offending us. We're watermelon guys, so you fit in perfectly. We love it. Don't worry, by the way, they ship worldwide, whether you're in Uzbekistan, whether you are in up in Canada, whether wherever you are, down in Canada, whatever, you can get your shock energy worldwide. Get it today. Let us help you gain back your focus and your energy, CGSN, 10% off, shockthanenergy.com. So there's a lot we got to get to tonight. <clears throat> Celtics advancing on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll kind of go through the Bucs series and then preview the Heat series. Bruins knocked out of the seventh game of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against Carolina. Red Sox are still not signing Xander Bogarts and Matt McCarthy's a baseball guy. So we figured we had to bring him on to talk a little Xander and all the Bluminatis out there, the high-end out there. Shout out Tyler Milliken, And also... and also the Patriots, they're they're having a little competition within their coaches. So Matt, you're our guest. What do you want to talk about first? I think the
2: Celtics are hottest right now. Let's dive in on the seas.
0: All right, we'll dive right in. So after we recorded last time, the Celtics were down three games to two heading to Milwaukee. Now, I'm not going to lie, guys. I thought this series was O-B-E-R over. They were going back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee had all the momentum. They stole game five, which I was at, and, and in heartbreak, by the way. I was literally heartbroken. I couldn't even speak the next day and I had to teach. So that, that just made it even worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyways, they lose 110, one Oh seven. And we're like, all right, they got to win a game in Milwaukee. We'll see what happens. Jason Tatum, 46 points in game six. Celtics win that game 108 95. And after that, I don't care what anybody says. They were not losing that game seven. There was no chance they were losing even after the bad first quarter that they played. Grant Williams, 27 points, seven, three pointers. I think that tied, I believe it was an NBA playoff record or at least a game uh, seven. Or game seven. Game record. seven record. So the Celtics were looking really good. And they have proven us time and time again that they're a resilient team. And Matt, I actually listened to 98.5 The Sports Hub, and it was when you were on, and you said it perfectly. This Celtics team is fun to watch. They're resilient and they just know how to get it done. So yeah. I'm gonna go to Powder. Then I want to hear from Matt. Powder, just thoughts on this. Incredible seven game series and a win over the defending champion, no longer defending champion now, Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Yeah, it was definitely good to see the Celtics. Like, I like seeing those memes of Jason Tatum being like the Grim Reaper going through each door, taking out, and it's true. Like, they've been taking out the teams that recently eliminated them the past couple years. And it's really cool to see that and just seeing how good the Celtics team plays together. And I really think, and I'll admit, I was one of those guys that halfway through season when they were below 500 said we should break up the team. Maybe this seems not good together. And then they just started getting on a roll and they really show, I think Ime has sh- just done an incredible job coaching this team. I think he is the perfect coach for this team. He knows when to light a fire under them. They also knows when to, Hey, go play, go play your game, have fun. Like, especially when, like you say, Grant Williams have the game of his life, like, let him shoot his shots like because he yeah i made seven but he also took what was it like 19 threes like normally doesn't take that many but hey he was hot let him take those shots and yeah obviously it's a game seven you want to be a little closer because you want it to be a game seven but being the team that ended up winning being a fan for them it was relieving just i was running a baseball tournament so i was watching it on a laptop while i wasn't on the field getting everything ready and i missed like the start of the third quarter, and all of a sudden I get back and I look at it and they're up by like 15. I'm like, how'd that happen? Where did that happen? But it was good it was to incredible. It was a good relief. I'm like, okay, now I can just relax, watch this game, and no, they're gonna cruise the rest of the way. Oh, in the fourth quarter, I still wasn't like satisfied. Yeah, I was oh, yeah. Still, like... me me and the kid I was working with right um kept saying, like, this game is not we we're saying it till literally yep. they took Jonas out. Yeah, they took him out. Then I'm like, okay. They've given up. It's over. Like Celtics are exactly. won, but until that moment, we're like, this is still a game. This is still a game. We can't mm-hmm. let them get any momentum. Do not let them get any momentum. You know, it's funny because, like I said, I was out uh, on the field when they had that big run where the Celtics got up big. And the kid I was working with was like, "If the Bucks going to run, I'm kicking out well this press box and you're not, <laughs> you're not coming." I'm like, "I'm okay with that. I'll walk away if they, if the Bucks come back, I'll leave this and I'll just go watch." The game i'm trying to i'm supposed to be watching exactly all right matt
0: give us your hot takes overall thoughts on the series and just how the celtics just took down the bucks
2: defining moment of jason tatum's career game six you know i mean the, the run that he went on 11 straight in the fourth quarter 16 overall you know the bucks cut that lead from 18 to four and uh you know didn't look like they can be stopped in that moment and after the celtics collapsed and lost game five the way that they did that's where everything could have gone sideways and jason tatum you know, put up 46 points in that game, but it was the fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter when the Bucks cut the lead to four. Tatum ran off 11 straight by himself, yep. uh, and then the Celtics were off and running. I mean, you know, so not only is it Jason Tatum's defining moment, it is the defining moment right now of the Brown Tatum era. Yep. Down three two with the way that they lost Game Five at home to bounce back against you know the defending champs who obviously missed Middleton. There's no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. They were, not, they were not at full strength, but I respect the hell out of that Bucks team. That is a tough team. Uh, they know how to win. They don't go away. Uh, right. They didn't go away in game six. When you're up 18, most teams pack it in and say, yeah, well, we'll play for game seven. We already won uh, two games in Boston. Uh, we will play for game seven. No problem. Uh, the Bucs didn't pack it in. They were a tough out. Uh, I'm shocked the Celtics won game seven by that much. I mean, but in, again, third quarter, Jason Tatum uh, picks up his fourth foul the Celtics actually extend the lead without him. So not only was it the defining moment of Tatum's career, it was the defining moment of the Brown and Tatum era. Um, That is no joke of a win the Celtics had in this series uh, with or without Middleton to come back three, two against that Bucks team is, is more impressive uh, than anything that they have done uh, with Brown and Tatum. And that includes going to the Eastern conference finals uh, a few years ago in 2018 without Kyrie with all the injury problems that they had. Um, This to me is more impressive because the road was harder to get there. You go through the nets and the Bucks. That's no joke. Uh, you know, the oh. Heat won't be a joke either. They're a tough team, but I think the Celtics are the better team. They won the series against the Bucs because ultimately they were the deeper talented, more, you know, the deeper and more talented team. They were the better team. Doesn't mean it's going to be an easy out. That's how I feel about this Heat series too.
0: For sure. And, and Matt, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. The Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum era. I mean, you think about it. a couple months ago, yeah, Kendrick Perkins on live TV saying, break them up. Like yeah,
2: just break I was it right up there. I was right yeah, there. Break were, them up. Trey Jalen Brown. Yep. No, I was there. Right. I was 100% there. And you know, if, if, if part of you wasn't thinking that you're lying now, I mean, their Correct. turnaround has been remarkable. It's been incredible. Ime Adoka deserves a lot of credit. Marcus smart deserves credit for finally accepting his role. Brown yep. and Tatum deserve credit, uh, you know, for now leading and playing together. So, I mean, there have been so many things that have gone really well. Brad Stevens deserves a tremendous amount of credit you know, for, for the changes that he's made with this team, you go back to, you know, trading, you know, Kemba Walker for Al Horford, you know, people said, he can't give up a first round pick in that deal. What an amazing deal. What a spectacular deal. You can mm-hmm. take your first round pick and shove it 16th yeah, overall. Sadly. Like what are going to draft another James young, please. No, the moves he made <laughs> at the deadline, uh, you know, finding Derek white to play a role and listen, white's been up and down, but <coughs> The team fits better. The team is better right. constructed. So, yeah, I mean, everybody deserves credit for this turnaround. It's truly remarkable. They might win the championship. That's how remarkable it is.
0: It is. And, and not only that, with, not only with the Derek White move, you think of some of the moves that went out to get the team better. Josh Richardson yep. leaves in that Derek White deal. Look who gets more minutes, Peyton Pritchard. Yep. Peyton Pritchard's a guy that was forgotten about. And Matt, you know this. In the first couple months, he was a forgotten about guy. You get rid of Ennis Freedom, who, no offense, can't defend, especially in the pick and roll. Terrible. Terrible. He, he does. You can say I liked him for the offensive rebounding purpose because the Celtics had no rebounding. Yep. But that's a different story. Dennis Schroeder like Dennis Schroeder is a scorer, but I feel like he's just he's better on a team that plays more isolation basketball as opposed to the Celtics who play team basketball. It just wasn't the right fit. And that's why they brought him in on a one year deal. They tried it. They didn't like it. And they got rid of his contract. So, well, you know,
2: people criticized Stevens at the trade deadline, you know, for, for losing value on some of those trades. You know, people said listen, you know, not that Schroeder is a world beater or anything, but you trade Schroeder straight up essentially for Daniel Tice. You're like, okay, well, you kind of lost that trade. Well, are you a better team with Schroeder gone? Yeah, you are. You, are. you know, Josh Richardson was playing well, but I didn't really see a fit here. So you move Richardson out, you, know, you get Derek white in and again, white's a flawed player. You know, I mean, he's frustrated me offensively, no doubt, but same, he, same. He gives you energy defense and facilitation off the bench you know, which you did need. So, okay, maybe you lost some value, but did you make the 2022 Celtics better? And did you make the pieces fit? Yes. And Brad Stevens understood that as a coach, which is something, you know, Danny Ainge was not really able to do, you know, towards, you know, Danny Ainge didn't move Terry Rozier, you know, didn't move Marcus Morris in the year where everything was going to hell, because he said, well, you know, this team should work. Well, it's not working. So, you know, addition by subtraction here, Brad Stevens understood that value. He did a tremendous job.
0: Oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. So let's just get into the heat series. Cause this is going to be like Matt said, it's going to be a battle. You think about the talent and there's a lot of similar pieces compared to the 2020 bubble run when Celtics lost in six to the heat in the Eastern conference finals that year, Jimmy Butler is still a guy that can ball and he's a guy that come the fourth quarter. He's a guy that turns it on. I don't know how he does it first three qu- quarters. He looks like shit, but then he just finds a way to turn on the fourth quarter. You have Bam Adebayo. bio. I don't care. He's still a problem. He's not yet honest. But he's still a problem, he was the big problem in that series. You had no answer for him, especially with a younger Robert Williams and a guy that just – they had no toughness with him. You still have the role players. Max Strauss, uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, Tyler Harrow. There are a lot of good players on that Miami Heat team. And Eric Spolstra, a championship coach. They're tough. They're hard-nosed. They play well. They shoot well. It's not going to be an easy series, and especially – Game, going into game one, no Al Horford, health and safety protocols, which that just, of course, blows my mind because it's the third time this year. And then you also have Marcus Smart out with the sprained foot that he suffered in game seven against the Bucs late in the game. So do I expect them to win game one? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think it's I, – I don't want to say it's not feasible, but it's not likely. You probably have now like a 20% chance to win game one, just game one. said he you get Smart back? Okay, you still got to deal with Al Horford being out for at least two games. So who's going to cover Bam if Robert Williams gets in foul trouble? Daniel Tice? I don't like that matchup. I really don't. I, I think Bam's too athletic and too strong for Tice. I really do. But when healthy, and you get these teams together, both fully healthy, Celtics and six. Simple. Simple. Yeah. No, I, I
2: think I think the Celtics are better. Uh, you know, the Bam of matchup probably concerns me the most in this series, particularly with Horford, you know, now questionable, you know, here for you know to at least start this series. I would throw as many looks at Bam as possible. Um, you know, I would I would put Grant Williams on him, I would put Robert Williams on him, I would put Tice on him, I would throw as ma- I would throw the kitchen sink at stopping Adebayo, and I would switch it up. And you know, and and I think you know that's gonna be on Ime Adoka. Uh, you know, right. to pick the right spots to go with certain individual matchups uh, because, you know, I, I don't think Autobio is the type of player, you know, I, th- I think he'll eventually expose a matchup if it's one particular matchup. So right. I would throw, I would throw, I would throw all three of those guys at him. I would give as many different looks to defending Autobio uh, as I possibly can if I'm Imei I mean,
0: you have to, you have to, because Robert Williams you know, he's, he's coming back from injury. He's been in and out of the lineup ever since the start of the Brooklyn series. You know, he comes back game three and four, plays a little bit in the Milwaukee series, misses two or three games on the bench in game seven. So we don't know what we're going to get from him. And then you have Daniel Tice. So that's why Al Horford's presence especially sure. is going to be missed. So Matt, give me the prediction. Who wins? Like Celt- how many games?
2: I like Celtics in six. Uh, I think this is a deep series and it's going to be a tough six. It's going to be a hard fought six. Uh, I'd be shocked if either of these teams uh, won this in five. I just think they're both tough teams. You know, the Celtics defend and the Celtics have developed toughness, which was my biggest question about them entering these playoffs. You know, if they faced adversity, how would they respond? Well, it doesn't get, you know, you don't get too much more adversity than you blow game five in your own building in the manner that they did and you bounce back and win game six on the road and come back and win game seven. Like pretty convincingly, too. In game convincingly, six. Convincingly. Convincingly. Yes. Yes. And and the way they did it. So I think these are two tough teams. I think they're well-coached teams. I think the Celtics win this in six.
0: Beautiful. Love that prediction. We're on the same wavelength. I like that. How about you, powder?
1: I'm gonna change up a little bit. I'm gonna go Celtics in seven. I think they're gonna steal game seven on the road because obviously Miami's the higher seed. But I think it's, like both you said, it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be uh, tooth and nail, and it's going to be close every game. I just think it's going to take seven again. I think it's going to be Celtics have to go on the road and win a big game seven, but I think they're the better team where it's going to come down. I think Tatum, and Brown and Smart and everybody's going to have a big game. Seven is going to be similar to the Bucks game seven where it's not that close, but it's going to be close throughout the whole series.
0: It's going to be close. And if the Celtics win
1: in six, Matt McCarthy, expect
0: the phone call from me on 985 the sports hub, talking about it. Just, I'm telling you in advance, just be ready. I'll,
2: I'll be there that Friday night, uh, Friday night of game six Memorial day weekend. I will be there. I hold you to it.
0: Okay. And if not, you can, you have my DM now. You can message me and say, <laughs> where were you? You liar. <laughs>
2: That's right. I'll hold you to it.
0: Exactly. So go Celtics. It's going to be a great series. We got a little bit more time with Matt before he has to, unfortunately, leave us. Boo, we wish he could say the whole episode, but we understand he has a life. Red Sox. Let's just get into Red Sox because Matt's a big baseball guy. We're big baseball guys. So let's talk about it. We're not going to talk about this team because this Red Sox team just blows. They're terrible. They're awful. I I don't care. They're just, they're so disgusting to watch, even though they beat the Astros last night, which was kind of cool. But regardless, Xander Bogarts, there are conflicting reports out there now. We got one report that's saying Xander Bogarts is now open to talking during the season about an extension with the Red Sox. And you have Pete Abraham coming in and saying that his agent, that Bogarts agent, Scott Boris is saying, no, we're going to wait till after the season, all this stuff. So Matt powder and I have talked about Xander Bogarts so much on this podcast, and we know you're a big baseball guy. And I've heard some of your takes, but I want to hear more of them. The question that I have for you is this, why has this deal not gotten done? Why hasn't high bloom smartened up and said, you know what? Bogarts is a cornerstone of this franchise, they have to sign him long-term. Why has it not happened? And why is it just this merry-go-round?
2: Because they don't get it. It's really that simple. Bloom and the Red Sox don't get it. They don't value Xander Bogarts the way they should values Xander bogarts i mean i i don't know how else to say it you know th- th- this is a player who wants to be here you need to pay him more in line with what his value is i'm still convinced he would take a small hometown discount uh to stay in boston because he wants to stay in boston he has made that very clear Xander is somebody who values stability uh he values being in this organization he spent guys nearly half of his life in the red sox organization they signed him yep. when he was 16 out of aruba um, you know, I know Xander a little bit from my time in Portland. He's somebody who very, very, very much cares about loyalty, stability, and keeping things the way that they are. He's still just a kid from the island. He wants to be here. He's very comfortable in Boston. He performs well in Boston. He has embraced it. He's the most important player on the team. Uh, he's the he's he is literally the glue to this team, and they don't value it. They they just flat out don't value it. I mean, listen, Heim Bloom probably looks at this and says. Xander Bogarts is not going to be a shortstop forever. So, you know, maybe we value him as a $28 million a year player at shortstop, but we don't value him as a $28 million a year left fielder or second baseman or third baseman or first baseman. Notice how I just named four positions. You know why? Because Xander Bogarts' bat will play literally anywhere on the field. Doesn't Correct. matter. He's going to be yeah. a plus offensive player. So they're wrong. They're dead wrong. I mean, they just they they don't appreciate this player's value. I think he's going to age well. I know he's twenty nine years old. Pure hitters generally age well. Xander Bogarts will hit, will hit two ninety until the day he dies. So if you're paying him thirty million bucks a year and he eventually move him to left field or second base. So be it. He's going to be a plus offensive player literally anywhere you put him, and I would feel comfortable putting Xander Bogarts anywhere in the field except for catcher, uh, center field, or probably right field at Fenway Park. Other than that, you could put him anywhere else if you need to move him away from shortstop. So, listen, I mean, they they signed Trevor Story. We all know why Trevor Story's here. He's here to replace Xander Bogarts. They have made that to that decision. Um, I don't think Heim Bloom. Is going to uh, go back on it. Frankly, I think it's much more likely that Xander Bogarts gets traded at this trading deadline, that he waives his no trade when he understands uh that the Red Sox are not going to sign him. Uh listen, all you know, all of this is a pressure tactic from Bogarts. He says, I want to, you know, I'll I'll talk about it during the season. All of a sudden, John Heyman's reporting on the details of the offer that the Red Sox made to him. John Heyman is a Scott Boris puppet. So this is all, <laughs> you know, in an attempt to um, you know, pressure the Red Sox into signing Xander Bogart's. And where I think, and this is speculation, this is not anything I've been informed about.
0: We love speculation.
2: When I hear Xander Bogarts say, I'll talk about it during the season, I'll talk about a contract extension during the season. And then his agent the next day or two days later, or however long it's been, I think it's been two days at this point, comes out and says, No, no, no. We're waiting till the end of the we're waiting until the end of the year. My guess is the Red Sox did not approach Bogarts or they did not approach Scott Boris. And Scott Boris is now coming out to say, you missed your chance again. So I I don't think there's some grand miscommunication between Scott Boris and Xander Bogarts. Everybody thinks that Scott Boris like does these things on on his own. Scott Boris represents the player. Now, Scott Boris is going to try and get the player as much money as he possibly can. And he will advise the player, hey, you should go to free agency. You should do this. You should Wait. Scott Boris, you know, did not advise Xander Bogarts to take the six for 120 deal because he knew he left money on the table, but Xander Bogarts wanted to take six for 120 because he wanted to be here. So it's not like Scott Boris vetoes that and says, you're not signing this deal. Scott Boris begrudgingly signs the deal, knowing that they probably left you know, millions of dollars on the table when Bogart signed that contract back in 2019. So I don't think all of a sudden, Scott Boris and Xander Bogarts are not talking. And there's been this grand miscommunication. The strategy was Bogart said the Red Sox did not approach Scott Boris. Bogart said, if they approach Scott... All of a sudden, two days later, Scott Boras is saying we're not talking. It's because Hein Bloom didn't pick up the phone and call because Hein Bloom's not interested in signing Xander Bogarts. Hein Bloom is actually probably more interested in trading Xander Bogarts. That's how it's all working out, and I'm disgusted as a Red Sox fan. They're so wrong about this. It, yep. it will be a fireable offense. This is John, Le- all over again. Yeah, when Hein Bloom mm-hmm. eventually loses his job this will be one of the moves that you point to and say that was inexcusable and indefensible. It's blatant. It's wide open. Bloom's not going to lose his job for quite some time, but he's, he's trending down a Ben Charrington path in 2014. Somebody's got to save him from himself. Somebody needs to step over, step in over there on Jersey Street and say, we're signing Xander Bogarts. Six for 180, get it done. It would get it done. Hein Bloom's not interested in getting it done. He's already got his replacement. He's moving on.
0: So it's interesting that you said that because my next question to you is going to be, what deal gets it done? And I was going to say, would it be like six for 162, maybe six for 198, like in that ballpark? You went right in the middle. So we're, we're on the same wavelength. We're thinking yeah. the exact same thing.
2: And, and that and that's, a, that's not informed. I haven't heard anything on that. It's just simple. That would make him the fourth highest paid shortstop average in baseball. That's probably where he belongs. He's not gonna get what Corey Seeger got because Corey Seager's younger. He's not gonna get what Lindor got because Lindor's younger. And and Correa got a three-year deal at 35 million. So I think six years gets it done that carries Bogarts through his age 35 season, maybe 36. It's going to be 30 like in October. So if it's a six year extension, it'll carry him essentially through, you know, right up until the beginning of the time he turns 36. And 30 million bucks a year is is what he's worth. Now, could Bogarts go and get, you know, Jim Bowden's floated eight for 216, which would be 27 million a year from right. the Cardinals? Could he get that? Yeah. Could he also get, you know, maybe 32 million on the open market? You know, would there potentially be a six for 32 and a half deal? Ah, uh, for right. Bogarts, I don't rule that out. I don't think you know eight for you know for thirty-two and a half, which is what Nolan Arenado got. Different position. I don't think that's on on the table for him. Could he get a little bit more money somewhere else? And could he probably get another year or two if it's you know if that St. Louis is off? You know if that really is St. Louis's offer? Uh, yeah, but I think he would take a little less. I think he'd say, I'll take thirty million a year instead of thirty-two and a half to go play for the Cardinals. I- I- that's just my sense.
1: Okay. I like it. Powder. Thoughts.
0: Tough act yeah, to follow.
1: I know. Definitely tough act to follow, but it obviously reminds me of the whole David Ortiz thing when the Red Sox would just sign him to one- or two-year deals year after year after year and never give him the value. He truly deserved like a long-term deal, but in everybody knew he was the face of the Red Sox, and now Bogarts is that face. And it just sucks because I do agree. I think he's going to get traded at the deadline. I think Red Sox fans have to come to terms with that, that he's not going to be a Red Sox at the end, definitely not in 2023. I think there's a 0% chance that we see Xander Bogart's back in a Red Sox uniform in 2023. I just think they're going to try and give Heimblum's good again value for players. I think he knows what he's going to do and he's going to, I think Bogart's value is going to be high come trade deadline because he's playing really well right now and it could fetch him some good prospects like Bloom likes. And unfortunately, that's kind of what it looks like that's going to be at the end of the season is Travis Story is going to be playing short and Bogart is going to be playing off for someone else. Two follow-up thoughts on that. One,
2: yeah. Heinblum, as we all know, loves prospects, gets off on prospects. And don't get me wrong, I, I like minor league guys too. I'm I, You know, all for it. Uh, that's actually where I got my start in the minors. So I, you know, I've come across as like this anti-prospect crusader, uh, but Heimbloom, um, for a guy who loves prospects, you know, when he traded Mookie Betts, he got Alex Verdugo, who's statistically a slightly worse player than Andrew Benintendi. Then they traded Andrew Benintendi for not all that much. Uh, when they traded Mookie Betts, they got Jeter Downs, who is the real prize in that deal. Jeter Downs is having a better year this year, but has fallen out of every top 100 prospect list on on the face of the planet. And Connor Wong, who's a backup catcher. So did Heim Bloom really hit on that trade? Uh, I'm not necessarily uh, convinced that he did. And the thought that you could get great value for Xander Bogarts, you might powder. You might. Mm-hmm. However. I think to get great value for Bogarts he would have to agree to a contract extension yeah. where he's being traded. He also has a no trade clause. So Bogarts can pick his destination. So you might not get the best deal for him. You That's might true. be trading him and getting 65 cents on the dollar because if, you know, you say, "All right, you know, Team X has, you know, the best deal, but Bogarts wants to go to Team Y and won't waive his trade clause for no trade clause for team X well then you're shit out of luck I mean you're trading him for you know for 65 cents on the dollar or whatever it is so Bogarts has the power here I'm not 100 percent convinced they'd get great value from they might they very well might but it's not like a guarantee and oh yeah he's a free agent essentially at the end of the offseason yeah. at the end of the season because he can opt out so that's why I think the extension is huge is a huge factor there
0: we're talking with Matt McCarthy, 98.5, the sports hub. All right, Matt, we, we kept our word. We made sure you get out so you could get the staples before it closes. Before we do close, you want to just throw out your socials really quick and where people can find your bashing in the Bluminati brigade.
2: Uh, yes. Uh, and by the way, I love how the Illuminati term has really caught on. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> given me the
0: credit I deserve for coining that term. You, 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 all the credit in the world to Matt McCarthy. Yes. When I call 98.5 on, uh, on Friday, just wait for the Illuminati reference. Then you'll know it's me. There we you.
2: go. The, the, the If Felger caught onto it. So, you know, he can take credit. Whatever. Uh, at Matt McCarthy 98.5 is where you can find me uh, on Twitter. Um, I I interact uh, for better or for worse there. So uh, you can find me on Twitter. And uh, and no, seriously, I love hearing from people. I do.
0: <laughs> Matt, we appreciate your time. We yes. definitely do have to do this again. This is, this is not the end of Matt McCarthy on Legends Lingo. This is only the beginning.
2: Well, Al powder uh, more than happy to do it. Uh, It's been fun and uh, sorry to have to go, but uh, certainly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Anytime.
0: Sounds good. I'll hit you up on Twitter. Probably later.
2: Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Thanks Matt. All right. Hey, this has been awesome. Appreciate it guys. Of
0: course. Take care.
2: We'll be in touch. See you. Absolutely. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Shout out to Matt McCarthy, 98.5, the sports hub. You can check him out. He's really kind of on a rotating schedule. We were talking Mm -hmm. pre-recording. He kind of, Fills in for guys here and there, filling for Adam Jones, filling for Zolak and Bertrand. But Matt McCarthy, great guest, really nice guy, just a, a really good guy. Definitely. Really really genuine. He's, he's yeah. a good dude. So we're definitely going to have Matt back on the program. I think he's a guy we 100% have to get back on.
1: Definitely.
0: So shout out to Matt McCarthy at 98.5, the sports hub. All right, two quick topics that we're going to talk about before we do that, real quick. If you needed, a massage therapy gun and you need to get it and you need to have it in your home and you just don't have time to go out to a massage parlor to get a massage, go to exogun.com, get 10% off at at exogun.com with the promo code CGS10 to get 10% off the best massage therapy guns in the nation. Whether you are on the trail, you're podcasting, you're at home, or you're going to Staples like Matt McCarthy's doing, make sure you have your massage therapy gun with you. 10% off CGS10 promo code at exogun.com. All right, Bruins get bounced in the first round, game seven, the Eastern Conference quarterfinals, a 3-2 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. And, Powder, this is kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about. So, now I have a two-part question for you. Okay. First part, is this the end of the Bruins' run toward a Stanley Cup as we know it for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah, I think the this group definitely is. Like, obviously, Pasta is still kind of young, still – really good, but I think the core core, like the Bergerons, the Martians, although that group is all old, past their prime, and I think it's time to kind of rebuild. Obviously, it sucks being a Boston sports fan, talking about that word, rebuild. But I think the Bruins have tried, and obviously 2019 was a great run. Game seven should have won that and should have had – they should definitely have won in 11 – or not 11, in 13. They should have won 13-2. So this core should have three Stanley Cups. They have one, but they should definitely have three. And it's just – it's going to be tough to see all these guys go because me, I grew up – I did like hockey a lot more when I was younger than I do now. I just watch it. I was friends with a lot of hockey players. And that's kind of the core group you grew up watching, especially in 11, 13. And then even 19 when they made the Stanley Cup it's a group you saw the group you were close to or the group you rooted for. And now it's going to break up like every sports team does after a long time. And but I think the Bruins do need to rebuild, get younger, kind of like the Patriots have been doing the last couple of years, get younger, get faster, get more athletic. So, yes, I think this is the Bruins last real Stanley Cup run for at least a few years as they rebuild.
0: i do too i'm in full agreement because you know what honestly and we're going to talk about talk about this more in a second patrice bergeron's a free agent that's number one Mm -hmm. number two tuka rask is retired bergeron's a free agent Marshan's getting up there in age of 33 yes you have david poster that's still young but in the nhl 25 to like 27 that's where you're starting to get up there because Mm -hmm. you have all these young kids coming in at 18 19 20 years old into the nhl it's it's incredible but also, I mean, there are a few pieces in place. Like you have a good defensive pairing in Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy for the foreseeable future. You still have Taylor Hall that's on a team-friendly contract. But the thing is, like you said, they need to get younger. And I don't think there's a lot of good teams out there. Carolina is good. Tampa Bay is good. Toronto's good, even though Toronto can't get out of the first round for since 2003. But that's mm. that's a different story. Sorry, Maple Leafs fans. You have other good teams. The Rangers are good. The Penguins are good. You have a lot of good teams ahead of you. And you still, you're trying to figure it out. They should have two Stanley Cups, this group. They should have the 11 one and they should have 19. 19, they got gypped on. They should have won the Stanley Cup, but they didn't. 13, they kind of choked it away too. So yes, like you said, Powder, they could have three Stanley Cups right there, that group, but you only have one. And that's really a shame to think about. Now that transitions into the next question. Patrice Bergeron, free agent. There were reports out there that said his former agent is the GM in Montreal, but Bergeron shut that down real fast and said that's not happening. So I guess the question is, does Patrice Bergeron come back or does he maybe say it's time to retire or does he surprise us and go to somewhere else?
1: I want to say, obviously, I never thought Tom Brady would the Patriots. I thought Tom Bray would be a Patriot for life, retire a Patriot, but I want to say Patrice Bergeron. I don't think, I don't think he's going to wear another uniform. I really don't. Maybe he says, you know what? Let's lace it up for one more season. Let's give it one more try. I'm going to give it and just signs a one-year deal kind of retirement tour style deal. And he tries to go out on top and he gives us one more year, but, I feel like he's the type you wouldn't want a retirement tour, so I feel like either – but I do – I can see him coming back for one more year and just saying, you know what, let's try one more time, but who knows. But I don't think we'll see him in another uniform. It would be
0: hard to really see Patrice Berger on another uniform. This man has literally given his blood, his sweat, and his tears and his body to, to the Bruins organization. I mean, I, I just remember – I think it was the 2013 Stanley Cup where he was playing with – like a punctured lung, like everything. He had everything wrong with him, and he still played through it all. So if this somehow is the end for Patrice Bergeron, what an era. One of the most beloved Boston sports figures in the 20th century, easily. But at the same time, if it helps you in the long run, then maybe you just say goodbye to Patrice, and then you got to just reset. Yeah. I mean, this is a Selkie Trophy winner. This is a guy that compete, competes for the Selkie Trophy Award every single year. He's a first or second-line center. First line, obviously, for the Bruins. But yeah. this is a guy that he, he'd be hard to replace if you lost him. Now, if they think they can still make a run and just go get some players to help, because don't forget, Don Sweeney's been active at the trade deadline. Last year, getting Taylor Hall. This year, getting Campus Lindholm. He's proven he'll make moves. Yeah. A lot of people call him for his firing, but I don't know how much that's going to help. Cause then it would just be a complete change of culture, new GM, new coach, new captain, new everything going to be a new era. And I don't think the Bruins are ready for that just yet. So we'll see what happens and hopefully we'll hear something very soon and we can get some more Bruins people on and kind of talk about it. All right. One last bit of Boston sports info to talk about. We'll talk about the Patriots. There's a little competition going on. People are hungry for competition. And if you're hungry, you can actually go to a really good place that powder will tell you about Right now,
1: Yeah. And it's still thriving with the Celtics going on. If um, like we talked about every week, especially with the Celtics still playing, obviously it's Bruins aren't the we'll to say more, but Hey, you're going Celtics game, you're going, you're going games three or four and you're hungry right before game. You don't want to spend $200 on garden food. That's not even that good. Um, you can go to AB kitchen and bar legends lingo is, um, graciously, um, sponsored by AB Kitchen Bar. I'll do the quick version where their elevated take on traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie, meatloaf with organically, be- organically raised beef, local um, breweries that pair well with all the food, and they have a great atmosphere. They have nine 70-inch TVs all around. You can sit outside to get that garden atmosphere, see people walk in and out of the garden right before a game, so catch them. Um, They'll op- normally open at 3 p.m. on weekend or during the week, but they will open at 11 a.m. if there's a day game at the Garden.
0: Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen Bar. Great people, great service, even better food and drinks. All right, I wanted to talk about this really quick before we kind of head out for the week. Patriots. There hasn't been a lot going on, but there was a little tidbit that I found interesting. I actually heard it on shocker, 98.5, the sports hub. Mm -hmm. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge supposedly are competing for the offensive coordinator position. So there's also been some rumblings that Joe Judge is going to work with the quarterbacks. So obviously Mac Jones, they traded Jared Stidham to the Raiders. That was something I couldn't believe that. Well, I could believe it, but it was just like, okay, cool. It finally happened. So you're, you're basically going in there to work with Mac Jones, Bailey Zapp, and Brian Hoyer. And then you have Matt, Patricia, who's supposedly going to be the offensive line coach. And then they're also going to work on calling plays for Mac. So here's my whole thing, Potter. And I just, I want to get your opinion in a second, but I want to get this out of the way. This is ludicrous at this point. Yeah. You need to have something in place. And the Patriots seem like the most dysfunctional team right now, or at least one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NFL when it comes to their coaching staff. They don't have a set offensive coordinator. They don't have a set defensive coordinator. Like, yeah, Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo are going to take a majority of the defense, but there's no defensive play caller. But then on the offensive side, which is what we're talking about, you have a guy that struggled in Detroit and couldn't handle it in Detroit. And you have a guy in the Giants that couldn't handle it there, even though you had some weapons. You had a good running back in Saquon Barkley, a young promising quarterback in Daniel Jones, and you couldn't get it done. So now it's year two of Mac Jones' career. You lose your offensive coordinator because he's the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders now. And we got these two guys fighting for that job. I'm holding for dramatic effect. Also, I was holding in a burp. But anyways, isn't that kind of nuts? Isn't it crazy to think about that the Patriots don't have that offensive guy in place, ready to go? You need Mac Jones to take a jump this year. You have some weapons in place. Yes, you got Devontae Parker in the offseason. Great. Kendrick Bourne will be here another year. He'll be good. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith will be, I think, will be good, especially John o. Smith. I think he's due for a big bounce back year. Kobe Myers is good. You have some receivers that you can make expendable and Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar if you want to. You have a good backfield with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. The quarterback is key. And if you mess with him and mess with his development, that can set you back for the next five to seven years if you don't do it right so what am i missing here powder why am i
1: so aggravated about this no i think every patriots fan should be aggravated at it because like you said the patriots just they have no set coordinator for either side of the ball and it's frustrating because i think the better teams have the guys even if the head coach calls some plays at least they have someone who is the defensive coordinator the offensive coordinator that has that responsibility to really handle each side of the ball and do what they do. And Matt Patricia, I always thought was great defensive coordinator and I get it. Like I get it come from baseball side, like, even though maybe you weren't a pitcher, but you know about pitching, you can become a pitching coach or whatever, vice versa. I just don't get how a guy who was so defensive minded for so long, he was the defense coordinator for the Patriots for how long? And that's why he got hired by Detroit to be head coach and now he's gonna work with the offense like yeah to me doesn't make a ton of sense and same with Joe Judge like Joe Judge I thought was more defensive heavy too I could be wrong on that but he he was more he was more on the offensive okay end, so that's that, that's okay and but that's yeah. fine continue but Matt Patricia to me is a defensive guy why is he going on the other side and trying to offense like he should be kind of guy helping with the defense and everything like that. And But you should have, especially, like you said, with a young quarterback, you should have someone who has experience being offensive coordinator and that can help develop him. Like, obviously, Josh McDaniels was awesome. I thought he was perfect to help develop Mac Jones, and now he's gone, and good for him. Go get your money. Go be head coach. Um, But hopefully the Patriots can figure it out before season starts and they can help Mac Jones develop and become a very good to elite star and quarterback in the NFL. Cause I think he has that in him.
0: He does have it in him. And one thing that I saw on social media that I agree with, and I talked to some friends about, and I, I agree with this point. Mac Jones is a guy that truly embraces what it's like to be a Boston sports athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's at the Bruins games. He went to the Red Sox games when he first got drafted, he went to the Celtics. He was at game seven of the Celtics game mm-hmm. against the bucks yes, he was. and hanging out with, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Robert Kraft and dapping up Jason Tatum after the game. Like he, he's embracing it. He loves it. I don't think you could say Tom Brady
1: really did that. Can you? He'd be in the front row kind of doing his own thing if he went to a, Celtic, excuse me, a Celtics game. Like He wasn't like how Mac Jones has been. You're right.
0: Right. And it's not a knock against Tom Brady because obviously he's the best quarterback to ever do it. But what I'm saying is Mac Jones is kind of taking in that persona of I want to be a really good boston sports athlete i want to be a guy that can help lead the patriots to a championship i want to be around yeah. i don't want to be just this guy that does his own thing and then whatever he has the makeup to be really really good now it's a question of how does he take that jump in year two you led the patriots to a 10-7 record in your rookie year got blown out by the bills in the playoffs it is what it is now it's how do you respond because you take a look at that schedule powder they got it they got a decently tough schedule coming yeah. up in 2022 And we're going to discuss that as time goes on. But I think we're going to make it so that way in a few weeks, we might do our way too early uh, season prediction. Yeah. Might as well do it just for fun, just for shits and giggles. Might as well. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. But is there really anything else or are we just going to kind of have to wait and see?
1: Yeah. I think we just have to wait and see. All right. All right. Well, Bruins are done. Hopefully, Patrice Bergeron isn't done in Boston.
0: Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals, down two starters. We'll see what happens. Red Sox continue to be morons, according to Matt McCarthy, and ourselves, and yeah. not signing Xander Bogarts. And the Patriots, who knows what's going to happen with them, because we never know because it's Bill Belichick. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. As always – Rate, review, and subscribe to the Legends Legal Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and wherever else you can get your podcasts. Again, check out couchguysports.com, all the written content, all of the blogs, like I just said, the podcast, the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, everything else. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at l 2793 and at Powder to 4-2-3-0-8. If nothing else, and actually really quick, again, shout out to Matt McCarthy for jumping on with us from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Make sure to check out Matt's stuff on 98.5. Listen to him on 985's radio airwaves. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. That's Tom Powder Cabins. I'm Alan Mahigian. We'll see you next week for episode 173.
1: Yes, sir.